Hi, this is David Steele of the Orlando Magic, and you're listening to the Penny for Your Thoughts podcast from the guys at Orlando Magic UK. Now it's over to Garrett, Mikey, and Paul. Go Magic! Hey, Magic fans, and welcome to Penny for Your Thoughts, the podcast, the Orlando Magic UK. We are finally back. It's been a while. We apologise. But real life and, in Grant's case, holidays have got in the way of it as recording. So here we go. We are back. Welcome. Gary, how are you doing, mate? I'm really pleased that I'm not um, trusted to edit the pod today, so I'm in a really good mood. (laughs) (laughs) I love love the the message on the last one. (laughs) Sorry for the quality of the editing. I'm learning. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it was called No Thrills, Plenty of Thrills. So we. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Mikey, how's, how's things with you, mate? Uh, really good, mate. Thank you. It's nice to be back. Uh, it's been a busy start to the year with work. Uh, like a few of us, I've been suffering with colds and bugs that are going around this time of year. Uh, I took a lot, a month-long hiatus from social media, deleted Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, which was actually a really healthy thing to do. Um, and whilst I'm not a massive heavy user of them, it was nice to take those distractions away. But obviously, <laughs> I've been watching the magic. Um, I've not been posting about them. Um but it was a good month back in January, um, and now it's nice to finally be back with you guys because I've missed talking to, talking about the magic. And I messaged you guys earlier in the week, I think, or, or last weekend, and said, "Right, it's time to get it back on." So uh, now G's back from holiday, we can all, we can get the gang back together and get it on. Absolutely, and fresh from visiting the city, beautiful G. How's things, mate? Good, mate. Uh, three and one, three and one trip. Well. You can't complain, really, given the opponents. You know, we had that one game against the Bulls was a little bit lacklustre to begin with. Uh, they did rally, uh, but no, to you know, to have that sort of trip, uh, just like what you guys had, you know, beating Golden State to beat the Boston Celtics with, with an arena full of Boston Celtics and be able to really give it to them uh, was a lot of fun. Um, I, I can assure you that. Um, so uh, no, it, it was superb, and you know, I got to meet a lot of. Great people, a lot of listeners to the show. Thanks for for stopping and saying hi, having photos, etc. So that was uh, that was fantastic, and uh, a lot of UK people as well. Um, I did bump into. Um, I, I'll shout them out because I've, I've got it. I said I would. Howard Thomas and Carenza Thomas, right? They're from Tunbridge Wells. I was at the first game in the team store, and I was wearing my Orlando Magic UK T-shirt because I was getting my uh, Disney badges done, and. Yeah. Uh, they're like, oh, it's G from, um, you know, Orlando Magic UK. And I'm like, oh, how's it going, you know? So um, exchange numbers with, with Howard. Um, I went to Harry Buffalo. Uh, he swung by just to, just to say hello again. Um, and then we just kept bumping into each other. Now, I'll tell you, that the funny story is the first game, well, the first time I met him, he said, oh, I'm in the lower ball. I just need to be sure that I'm not on one of these cams today because I've been on the oblivious cam before. So so there I am. So I'm thinking, okay. So I go to the game, go and get my beer, sit down, and all of a sudden I look at the Jumbotron, oblivious cam. Who is on it again? <laughs> Mr. <laughs> Mr. Howard Thomas. So so I thought, all right, I got his number. So, so I turned, turned to the guys, I did Amy and uh, Daniel and Rihanna, and I said, watch this. 
So, so I texted him. I said, um, look at the Jumbotron, mate. And I said, watch him smile. And then a big grin came across his face. He's like, oh, I've been dead again. <laughs> <laughs> but, but if you know that, the next game then, so uh, during you know the, the course of the game, you know, they do the dance cam and everything. His cam came up. So who was on it again? It was Howard and Carenza. So uh, they had to uh, pucker up, and um, <laughs> it was funny. <laughs> Brilliant stuff. Brilliant stuff. But yeah, it's uh, good to be back, mate, was it? Yeah, it's superb to be back in Orlando. I mean, I've been back in Wales now for eight days, and uh, I'm missing the place like crazy. So I'm just trying to convince Amy to uh, book for next year. So, you know. Laying the groundwork, shall we say? Absolutely, absolutely, got, mate. Um, we're got we're three, all still we're all doing the same here. You got three yeah. wins, and you got to see Mark Davis in your first game as well, Chi. I know, I know. <laughs> Didn't make it up, could you? Um, and in fairness, I got I got bumped up in one of the games. So shout out to uh, Sabrina for that. Really appreciate that. And uh, that was a game Tony Brothers was uh, officiating. And I've got a close, you know, a close up photo of Tony Brothers uh, just leaving the court. But he actually officiated okay that game. So uh, yeah, no, su- superb, superb um, couple of games there. Yeah. Good stuff. Well, in this episode, we are going to be talking trade deadline and uh, how it affects the Magic season. So, in let's get into it. In what seemed like a quiet trade deadline for the Magic, um, the action around the league impacts on our team and affects Orlando's chances in the East. Um, only one trade for the Magic. Mo Bamba moving to the Lakers. We uh, received veteran point guard Pat Beverly in cash considerations along with a second round pick. The cash considerations are because Pat Beverly is being effectively bought out. He's been told not to report. So let's start with that one. Are we disappointed <laughs> with that trade or are we happy to see the move made? Uh, Mikey, go on. Um, well, first of all, I think I read, I briefly read somewhere that apparently. I don't know how true it was that the magic move Bamba for the good of the player. And I don't know whether that come into it a little bit. Yeah, that's, I can believe something that. we've, that's something we've seen the front office do a few on a few occasions. And I think that's part of the reason why we all expect T Ross to uh, eventually get cut and let him go, go to a contender and compete for a championship. But um, Bamba's obviously been out the rotation since fight night, which uh, we might talk about later on, I'm sure um, against Minnesota. Um, I think we all dislike the fact that he went to that team um, and it might help them out a little bit. But look, he needed an opportunity, oh, sorry, a new opportunity, a fresh start. It's not really worked out for the Magic. Um, yeah, and in terms of what we got back in return, I think Patrick Beverly is going to get waived by all, by all uh, reports and we don't really have a need with him with our guard depth as it is. So I, I think really it's more of a salary dump and setting yep. us up for, for the off season really. So yeah. And important, and the most important thing we got back was our favorite uh, asset cash considerations. Exactly. Exactly. Gary, do you think we could have got more? I think it shows maybe that that's all that was on the table for more. Mm. I, th- I think if there was a better deal there, we would have taken it. And the fact that we've ended up with what we have, I, I totally buy um, the idea of we've done it for the good of him. I, I totally believe that. But I think it's, for me, first of all, if that's the best deal that there was for Bamba, that maybe tells you that the market wasn't great. And secondly, I do wonder if we've done it with an eye on how to get minutes for um, 
Jonathan Isaac, um, for Mo Wagner, and for Bol Bol. You know, I think it, it's basically taking somebody away and saying, okay, like let's let's just free it up a little bit. But I was surprised when I saw what we got. But I think that maybe shows you what the market was. Yeah, yeah, I think I think you're very much right there, G. We know I'm going to ask you about the West a little while anyway. Um, <laughs> but in Mo going to the purple and gold, any feelings on that? Can, can you wish Mo well? Oh, you, you're going to wish the player well. You can wish the player well. Um, you know, you want him to do well with a rubbish team. I want him to score 50 points, then to go 0 and 82. Basically, <laughs> something something like that. You know, he, he was a servant to the magic. He, he tried his, his hardest. Um, I mean, Mikey and Gary have picked up a, a lot of what my thoughts are also. The only disappointment for me was, you know, maybe not getting a, a backup centre uh, in return. Um, I was speaking to Mikey the other day and we were speaking about Mo Wagner. Uh, and Mikey made a great point to me is in that he he's the worst defender in the paint in the whole league. So, you know, without Wendell, who, you know, has missed games with, with his uh, with his injury, um, I was hoping maybe we'd get a little bit more depth at the centre position. Uh, you know, Bol Bol isn't really a centre. You get moved around. Uh, but, you know, having an open roster spot now with Beverly um, not reporting and perhaps uh, releasing Terence Ross, that'll give us two. So you're looking at maybe Kevon Harris, and then maybe if there's uh, some sort of a, a big somewhere that can give an opportunity, something a bit like what Ken Birch was given. Um, and Mo Wagner, actually, come to think of it, about two seasons yeah. ago. Um, there might be somebody that, you know, Weltman's got and Hammond have got their eyes on. So um, they they know what they're doing. It was, yeah, it was just disappointing to see him go to, to, the, to the LA Lakers and almost what I saw was helping them a little bit. Uh, I just let them rot myself. But, uh, yeah, there we go. I think I put it in the in the in the WhatsApp group. We've got why do teams insist on helping the Lakers every trade time? I don't understand it, but there we go. So, Mikey, I'm going to come to you. Mm-hmm. Has the East got weaker? I don't. One team certainly has got weaker. I think everyone else has kind of st- stood pat a little bit. Um, I mean, the main deals. I was having a little look before we jumped on. So. Uh, Toronto have arguably getting Jakob Pertl back for, for Ken Birch has probably improved their starting unit. Yeah. Um, which is obviously we're, we're, we're battling with them for maybe one of those last playing spots. Um, Josh Hart to the Knicks, I think, is mm-hmm. a, a decent move for them. I yeah, mean, I they, we already saw after the, the loss to them the other night that the Knicks are already a, a really gritty physical team, and I think Josh Hart fits that mould under Tom Thibodeau as well. Um, Mike Muscala adding a bit of depth for Boston, but I don't think he's really going to feature much, but a good vet to have around. Um, I think Jay Crowder to to go, sorry going to Milwaukee is a, is a big pickup. I know he's yeah. not played this season, but he's been rumoured all along since the beginning of the year. To He's a solid backup guy, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> He's, he's that perfect sort of 3 and D yeah. front court player who can guard the likes of Jason Tatum in the playoffs. So, um, yeah, he's a big get for them. Uh, so you can argue the Bucks have got a little bit better as well. Um, Philly, I mean, they've, they've been playing well, but 
letting good letting uh, Thibault go was a bit of a surprise to me. He's one of their better defenders who who doesn't always feature, but he's the sort of player that you can put in situations when you get into the playoffs. Who who's a bit of a lockdown defender himself, um, and and although he hasn't always looked like he's played well, the numbers the numbers show that Thibault's played well or, or has had a positive impact for the Sixers. So I was surprised that they let him go. Um, but obviously the the big talking points the nets. I mean, we can all weigh in on this, but what a disaster! I mean, to go from uh, having James yeah. Harden, <laughs> Kyrie, and KD, and now they're all gone, and they haven't even won a championship out of it. I mean, that well, I could say you look at what actually that big three delivered for them. Nothing. I mean, I know that somebody will there'll be a certain person we know will say it was only because of a toe. <laughs> but, but it's 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 still a fail. It's a massive fail, it is. isn't it? I mean, you and you you're quite and what did it turn them into? Players. Well, Cam, they could build around Cam Thomas the way he's been playing the last few games. I think he's put forty points up in in three games in a row. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're the only team that's really sort of gone backwards. I think. Is, is the Nets. I think everybody else is sort of stand, standing pat. I mean, I was having a look with 10 and a half games back of Brooklyn at the moment who are in the fifth seed. And I don't think it's impossible to think that they might slide pack and we could finish above Brooklyn by the end of the season. So who knows? I mean, they've already got a big, a big gap already, haven't they? But I know they won last night against, was it the Bulls they beat in their yeah. first game since the trade? But yeah. What a disaster for them. But yeah, for everybody else, I think that the East is really what we saw before the deadline. It's the same now for me. Yeah. yeah. So we have, we'd, before the trade deadline, we'd heard that RJ Hampton, Mobamba, Terence Ross were all guys that the media probably expected to make an exit. There was also talk along the lines of Gary Harris and uh, Jalen Suggs. So whilst we may still see some moves with buyout side of things, um, Gary, how how did you feel about the Magic basically standing pat and keeping the roster the way it was? Firstly, if I'm sat here with like a big grin on that Nets talk, I'm just thinking of all those casual Nets jerseys that popped up when <laughs> you know, like, the big three came in. <laughs> you know, sometimes life comes at you fast. But anyway, on the... Uh... <laughs> Um, there must, there must be a, a fair collection of people now who have followed KD round buying jerseys for you know arriving at um, a completed project. It's it's just crazy. It's just and, and think back as well. Wasn't there a cover of was it Sports Illustrated or something? And it had Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce and Brooke Lopez and Deron Williams, and it was like you know they got next or something. You know, like this type of crazy thing about what the Nets were going to do and it just feels like history's repeated itself really so I was kind of sat there and it was as soon as Kyrie rocked up I was like that's start your funeral off for me and I'm first of all talking about trades I'm really glad that we didn't get going for Kyrie so I'm going to start with that yeah. and then, um, I'm just going to go from there and say I think we should see what we've got um, I totally expect Terence Ross to get a buyout as a thank you very much for what you've done and I would yeah. echo all of that because I know he's not featuring a lot at the minute, but during the the Cliff era when we got into the playoffs and stuff, T. Ross was immense. <laughs> he's, been a, he's just been a great ambassador for the city, and I, I'll miss him 
if we do buy him out and I'll wish him well wherever he goes because I think he's fantastic. Yeah. And it makes me think if we do let D Ross go, maybe we do want to take a look at RJ Hampton for the rest of the season or we want to get Kevon Harris in or we just want to extend our guard rotation around what we've already got. Um, I do think we should stick with what we have. Um, I saw the talk about Jalen Suggs, a couple of people putting him into really draft, uh, sorry, trades and saying Jalen Suggs. We cannot do that. <laughs> it would be like Aaron Gordon came back the other night into the Amway. Whatever people think of Aaron Gordon, he's found his spot. Yes, Denver as the, like the third option or the fourth option, depending on what who's who's available that night. And we're talking about Jalen Suggs, and I don't think he's played eighty-two career games yet. I think he's played about seventy-nine career games, and it's there's a lot of judgments passed on the likes of Suggs and Ball Ball and people like that. And they're not even really a full rookie yet in terms of the games they've played. So I think it would be a complete disaster to be trading or getting rid of anyone like that. We need to take a real look at them right the way through their rookie deal and perhaps further. So I would completely stick with what we've got. Um, I'm pleased we didn't trade Gary Harris. I think we need him in there. I think he performs a role for us. And you know... When he was going through his slump, when he started here, I was one of the people who was really quite vocal about how bad it was. But I think he he offers something to this team and we need him in the locker room right now. So he, he's not an old guy by any accounts. Just, no. on, just on our team, he's an old guy. But on any other team, he would just be like a guy who's average in his career, you know. Um, but I think we just stick with what we've got, see who we've got and let Mosley tinker with the minutes rotations as Jonathan Isaac gets healthier and I think really that's a key reason why Mo Bamba exited and I think it could be a reason why Terence Ross will also go to give minutes to possibly RJ but more likely to see Markel, Jalen Suggs and of course Cole Anthony find themselves within our system. Yeah, I, I could see us potentially doing something bringing somebody in for a short deal from the buyout side of things, um, when the buyout market becomes active. Um, but I've got to be honest, I'm happy that we didn't go in for Fred Van Vliet or whoever else. I mean, who knows? We might well have done and nothing gets leaked. Um, but all the indications that I was hearing was we were going to have a quiet trade deadline. Um, and personally I'm happy to see that and I think it was the right move I want to see what we've got we've not really we're only just seeing Jonathan Isaac playing with this group of players Um, we haven't he hasn't got to extensive minutes yet Um, so I'm happy to see a stamp at and look at what we've got this was always as we as we said at the start of the season a development season look and see what we've got and then the next stage of work is during the summer, not midway through this season, personally. Absolutely. And we're really now, like when you when you look at a poll, I agree that everything you said, we're just seeing really the emergence of like what impact Markel Fultz is having. He looks oh, yeah. like a legitimate 16 and 8 guy, if nothing else, which is not to be sniffed at with a high steal percentage, which is huge because he's upped his game defensively since he's come back. And then we're seeing... I know we're going to come on to Jalen Suggs later in the show, but we're seeing really, if you watch the magic, what Jalen Suggs does and how he alters and affects the tempo of the game, it is there. And it's, I still think that he is a smart type player at his actually like flaw 
and then Cole was seeing what he can do as well. You know, you, you kind of write off Cole like, in, in the game there. What Cole did in that game, we don't win that game without Cole Anthony. And Jeff Turner said in the game, the shooters and the scorers, and Cole Anthony is an absolute scorer and he's going to win us a lot of games if we're going to get into the playoffs this year. So let's just stand with what we've got and look at those three young guards and see what they do going into the summer. I'm liking him as the sixth man. I think he's doing a really good job. He's coming off really well. Mm. Now, G, I know how much you love certain teams in that Western Conference. So it's only right to ask you who did well in the West. <laughs> You know, I don't, I like I dislike fifteen teams <laughs> in the Western Conference. <laughs> so, mate, so who, who did well? Who, who who's made good moves? Who do you think improved? I think the Phoenix Suns did very well. Um, not only did they get a, <laughs> not only did they get a brand new owner in the morning, and in fairness, you know, by by the end of the day, he acquired Kevin Durant. Um, you know, and it's given Chris Paul, Devin Booker, and De- uh, DeAndre Ayton a real opportunity to, to come out of the West and get to the finals. Um, and having a player like Durant, obviously, he's got his injury troubles at the moment, but you know, he's, he's an absolute assassin. Um, they've got everything there as long as that they, you know, pull it all together to come out of the West. Um, so, so what the Suns have done? Okay, they've had to trade a couple of players, Bridges, Cam Johnson, uh, a couple of picks, etc. But not only did they get Durant, they got TJ Warren, who also is is a very you know um, good asset to have coming off the bench. You saw what he was like uh, in the Orlando bubble. Um, people forget about that. He's had his injury issues. So um, for me, the main winner. And I'll get on to the other teams because there's been a lot of trades. Uh, I, I don't, I've never seen a deadline day and like it. Um, but I think there was a lot of teams that improved. Um, so after the Suns, I'm going to I'm going to skip over this next team. Um, the LA Clippers got better. Um, they acquired yeah. Eric Gordon, Bones Highland, Mason Plumley, just to sort of shore up their front line. Uh, the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, who are fast becoming one of my least favourite teams. Um, th- they got the player that I wanted in Luke Kennard. Um, I thought he would have been a perfect fit for us. So seeing him go there, I was bitterly disappointed. Um, the Dallas Mavericks obviously made a move for Kyrie Irving. Um, I don't think that puts them over. Obviously, uh, Doncic needs uh, you know another superstar to, to, to get the support. Um, but I think that maybe a you know a decent big away from being able to contend with some of these other teams in the West. But obviously, it's the first step to trying to put it right in Dallas and convince Doncic that you know Dallas is the place to be. But the same side, if Kyrie does Kyrie things, then as Gary said, life comes at you fast, and you you might have Doncic um, asking to get out of there soon. So um, you know we can all hope because. We know who his coach was before, don't we? <laughs> we know who he loves. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, Denver, I mean, we obviously saw them yesterday, uh, top of the West. They added Thomas Bryant, who I, I think Thomas Bryant is a very good player. Um, I was surprised that he asked for a, a trade from the LA Lakers um, and they didn't give up much for him, just a couple of second rounders and De- Devon Reed. Um, and then, obviously, the other team that, that improved unfortunately, uh, with the Los Angeles Lakers. 
um, getting Jared Vanderbilt, Malik Beasley, D'Angelo Russell, who, okay, I, I don't think he's the best player in the world, but he can shoot the three. And um, and they've only lost Damian Jones, uh, Toscano Anderson, Westbrook. They lost Beverly, obviously, as well. Added Bamba. They added Hachimura a couple of weeks ago. Yep. So they've got a brand new sort of team there. I don't know. I don't know. I, I think the media's got some part to play with it because they just focus on the LA Lakers on every yep. single occasion. I'm sick to death of it. And like Charles Unless- Barkley says, I'm, I'm sick of talking about these bums because that's what they are. And mate, let's be fair. <laughs> any any player that is, I think you've been saying it about the over-hyping of anybody who is in the Lakers. But yeah. it, it, it feels like at times you could put a dead donkey in a Lakers shirt and the NBA media would be saying, yeah, you know, he's a really good three-point shooter. It yeah. doesn't matter whether somebody is or not. Or you could do it. It, it. it just seems a little bit skewed, like you say, every single time. But, yeah, hey. well, Taylor and Horton Tucker, point in question. He was, you know, a sought-after um, piece last year, wasn't he, at the trade deadline? And like, oh, yeah, you know, we can get a couple of first-round picks or some decent players for him. He goes to Utah and he's just sat on the bench. And now all of a sudden they got Mo Bamba and you see ESPN have these graphics come out <laughs> with, you know, a, an Orlando centre goes to the LA Lakers. When's he going to be a, a, the next NBA champion? You know, thinking, Jesus, just give it a rest, guys. I think my Sorry. response was yawn, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just tiresome. Tiresome. Yeah. Do you really think this moved the needle much for the Lakers? Because I don't. Well, no, I don't think they've got enough games to to, to catch up. I mean, they're not even in the play-in at the moment, are I mean, they? And I mean, I know they got rid of what, uh, Russell Westbrook, but and uh, D'Angelo Russell is an upgrade at the point guard position, but he's got his issues because why would Minnesota trade a young player who's played, who's had one of his best offensive seasons that he's had since he's been in the league and trade him to then acquire an older point guard in Mike Conley? I mean, that doesn't make sense either for me, for Minnesota. But I don't think the Lakers are that much better. And even if they get into the play-in tournament and they get into the playoffs, they're still going to end up playing one of the Nuggets, Grizzlies, Mavs or Kings. They ain't going far. We ain't no. got anything to worry I'd about read, the Lakers. I'd read about the Mike Conley thing, that it was potentially um, something to do with the chemistry that he has with Gobert. That makes sense. Yeah. That, uh, that's that what sense. I'd read. Uh, yeah. So, moving on to magic. Moving on to magic news. As we record this, um, it's what Friday the tenth of February now. Um, the Magic stand at twenty three and thirty three, thirteenth in the East. Um, we're set outside the playing tournament by four wins, uh, but we have played, um, I think, a game less than Toronto in ten. But more on them later, as we've got them upcoming. Um, we are now six and four in the last ten games. At home, we have a record of uh, fourteen and fourteen, so we've reached five hundred at home, which is a nice thing to finally see. Uh, on the road, it's nine and nineteen, so we could really do with picking up a few extra didn't, road wins there. Paul, didn't we start zero yeah. and twelve on the road? It was some horrendous figure, yeah. Yeah, so so it's figure. nine and seven since then. It's it has pretty good going, usually. Mm. Yeah, um, you know, we're now seeing. A lot of health back. Um, we've got Tumor Okeke. Sorry, is that correct? Yeah. Tumor Okeke. 
Um, he's been assigned to the Lakeland Magic as he makes his way back to fitness. I don't think it's going to be over long before we see him back. Uh, we're literally looking at day-to-day things now. Um, and in the All-Star Rising Stars game, in the All-Star Weekend Rising Stars game, both Magic players involved were taken as first picks. Uh, Paolo Vancaro at number one by Paul Gasol and Franz Wagner at two by Deron Williams. So, Rising Stars, Gary, two yeah. things I want to ask you. Should Jalen Suggs have been involved in the event? And what does it say about our young, our young cornerstones that they are being seen by others um, and taken at one and two over some, let's be fair, some really talented players in this Rising Star game? Um, I'll start with with um, talking about Paolo and France to start with. Um, yeah. I think it shows you, first of all, that even though right now I think Paolo's struggling by Paolo standards, you're seeing a generational style rookie that's here. And we'll go, go back to this again. He's possibly the best rookie out of the last couple of drafts, if not more. Yeah. If not more. Um, he's a game changer. He's got eyes on him. The way teams are playing against Paolo and France now shows you that they are genuinely scared of what they can do. And I think the word is out. And I know there's been ESPN coverage about how good the Magic are. But I think that answers the question when Paolo and Franz are taking one and two about basically what their reputation is right now. We've had the discussion on the pod before if there was a redraft, would Franz Wagner have gone number one in his draft class? And it is is a legitimate thing it, it, it you know it you can people can argue it all they want but if they're saying that Franz Wagner wouldn't be a top three pick in that draft at least then they just don't watch magic games because he is a really 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 good player and I think it shows that the magic people are paying attention that there's media eyes on us they are aware and teams don't want to play us and I think when um we played Minnesota the other day um Edward said about the magic are a good team and I, I, people are aware of this now. And I think if we get ourselves into a situation where we make a run at the play-in or even the playoffs, don't be surprised if we're one of those teams where someone who's dissatisfied or a bigger name free agent says, actually, I want to be there. I want to play there. Because right now, if you looked at it and said, oh, well, you could play safe hypothetically for the Magic or you could go to the Bulls or you could go to the Heat. You aren't going there. You aren't going to them teams. Those teams are falling away. Brooklyn's fallen off already. You know, like at the start of the season when we're doing our projections and stuff, for us to get in, teams had to fall off a bit. Well, Brooklyn's fallen apart. Miami aren't that good. Toronto aren't that good. Chicago aren't that good. Teams are falling apart. And it's starting to open up in the East where we can see there's an elite there. But we are going to be next we are going to be in that talk with Cleveland and such and it's because of these two guys so it shows you what their value is and how they're thought of and it also shows you how former players view them compared to the likes of Scotty Barnes and Evan Mobley and Jalen Green it, it says it all um, to answer the question on Jalen Suggs um, perhaps on a magic pod this will be controversial but my answer is no he shouldn't have gone. And the reason is, is the format is the format. We all know what it is. We know what it is at the start of the season. And 
if you took an outside view of Jalen Suggs, we know the G League players have got to go. If you said to me, would you rather have Jalen Suggs or Mac McClung on your roster? There is a, it's Jalen Suggs every single time. That's not up for debate, but the format is what it is. And there are a group of G League guys who have to go. So for me, the outside view is he's played 31 games this season. He's been injured. He hasn't been able to get that consistency. And if you looked at it, it's a guy who's averaging nine points per game on 41% shooting. And we know there's a lot more to Jalen Suggs than that. We know how he affects games. But that is not going to get him into a Rising Stars challenge in the format that's there. So do I rate Jalen Suggs incredibly highly, actually? But should he have gone to the game? No. Yeah, let's be fair. He is, and he is. I think he's already an elite defender, but he is yeah. going to be classed as that without any through many many years. Hopefully, mm-hmm. you don't want defence mm-hmm. in a all star game. You know, mm-hmm. it just just not part of it. Is it? Let's be fair. So he's, but, he's, he's not going to get headlines for that. It's not. It's not right now. People aren't looking at Jalen Suggs, and I think even Jalen Suggs would tell you that he hasn't played enough games and he hasn't got the case to be there. Yeah, I I, I, I wouldn't disagree with you, Gary. Mm-hmm. Mikey, G, both agree that, yeah, it's understandable why it's not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, whilst we're yeah. on the topic of Jalen, away from yeah. the Rising Stars, just quickly, do you think now's a good time to suggest that he starts? Obviously, he started last night against Denver. But do you Which think it's I'm, t- I'm actually going to. I was going to kind of come on to this in a little all while. Right. All right, all right. No, it's, no, it's all right. It's no, okay. Sorry. It's no, mate. No, it's okay. It's it's cool. Um, because I think it's we're getting to that point of looking at the starting lineup, and it it actually leads on to where I'm going to go with asking G. Um, you were there for Jonathan Isaac's return, which is uh, yeah. you know, he's he's now. He's starting to see his minutes ramp up um, and we're going to be having that question very, very soon, I think. Uh, does he start? So, gee, first of all, what was it like to be in the Amway for his return? Uh, superb. Well, that was the Celtics game. So there was a lot of green nonsense around me. Um, so we obviously found out that Isaac... I was actually wearing my Isaac T-shirt the day we found out that he was going to be playing the next day. I haven't got an Isaac jersey, so... Anyway, um, I digress. So, yeah, we, we went to the Celtics game and um, the atmosphere was superb, um, very loud, you know, both teams going back and forth at one another. He did get kind of introduced quickly. There was almost like no prompt, you know, right, Jonathan Isaac's coming in at the next time out. He's like, he's just at the table. He got a rousing ovation um, from everybody, you know, within my sort of area, Um uh, and just to see him back uh, and taking, you know, the plaudits of being able to come back uh, was superb. And I think he scored 10 points in 10 minutes, a couple of steals, a couple of rebounds, doing a bit of everything, a couple of three-pointers down in the third quarter, if, if I'm not mistaken. And he did really give um, the, the team, you know, a bit of a, an energy shot in the arm, um, a bit like what Markel did the year previous. So, um, no, Fantastic to have him back, and we've seen him really come on uh, as a as the minutes have ramped up and just do the dirty work. Uh, I mean, the, that Knicks game against uh, Julius Randle when um, he was just all over him, smothering him, 
Uh, and then he just blocked him. And then Randall just pushed him, didn't he? Got a technical foul, etc. It's like, yeah, you don't mess with Jonathan. Um, so when he's back up playing 25, 30 minutes, he, he, he's such a good player. Such a good player. And I've just realised, Mikey, looking at uh, the agenda when I wrote it, that I've completely missed out the next question, haven't I? That's why you've brought up this. Uh, because it no, says, no, no. It's, no, no, it says, no, it says, I've asked, firstly, G, asking you about yeah. the return. And then there's not another part of the question, is there? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> the question was going to be, <laughs> at what point do we see him return as a starter? Do we see him, see him return as a starter? And how do we, what, what do you see as a starting lineup? So, yes, I can see, Mikey, where you went. Because it's not, it's completely missing. <laughs> for, for me, um, that lineup yesterday, I know I said this back in September when we were all debating yeah. who should start. And I, I said Fulton and Suggs, um, just because Jalen Suggs' uh, defense um, and Markel's. They're just hounding them, aren't they? They're just running them off the three-point line, uh, really disrupting their offence. And you found that with Denver, who were the number one offensive team in the league yesterday. Um, and Jalen showed a bit more composure on offence, I found, yesterday. Just not forcing a shot, you know, taking a fake and then putting it on the floor, dribbling to the basket, hit, hitting an easy layup. Um, so for me... Problem is with Ji, he plays the same position as either Bancaro or Wagner, and I can't put either of those two on the bench. So to have Ji as a commodity off the bench, be it you know play the three, the four, or the five, um, that's going to be some asset to have. So for me, at least for this season, I would keep him on the bench, stick with the five that we've got, who've uh, shown you know. By the numbers, I, I haven't got it in front of me, but I did see that you know they do very well together. Um, and I would, well, obviously Gary Harris is better for shooting outside, but when you've got Harris or Suggs to interchange at the shooting guard, uh, it, it's a it's a good problem to have. You know, two players like that. So I keep Jay on the bench just for now. So in a rotation of say nine or ten players, you've got you're looking at um, Cole. J.I., Gary Harris or Suggs, Mo Wagner coming off the bench. And Bol Bol. And Bol Bol. Quite a unit. Mikey, where would you be? Does J.I. get a start over anybody? Not this season. No, I, I agree on that. Um, next year, who knows? I mean, it all depends what, we, what Weltman and Hammond decide to do in the off-season, really, and mm. where we, we are. We don't know Um I have been advocating this even before JR's last injury about him playing some minutes at you the want... five. And I actually still, th and I think that's, it looks more doable now. It looks, it it makes more sense. That especially now Bamba's gone. I mean, he's only, he's our real only main shot blocker and, and that's one of JR's strengths as well defensively. So yeah, that positionless basketball, being able to switch out on, on different positions defensively. Um, you could say J.I., Paolo, Franz, all sort of working like that. Um, but at the same time, we've we've seen in this in this last stretch of games that that the starting five as they are are one of the best uh, best five man lineups that there are in the league. Um, so yes, you can advocate that 
they should keep it as it is. And there is no need to change it if it's working. But I, for me, I think over the last couple of weeks, we've seen Jalen really up his game, especially defensively, just been an mm. absolute pest. And last night, I mean, it was massive. I know Gary Harris was injured and, and they threw him in the starting five. But I mean, when you hold the Nuggets to 103 points, I mean, does it matter if you're lacking a bit of shooting, if you can hold teams to 100 points or less? I mean, we did it with, with Boston on a few occasions as well. There's there's less uh, less urgency to. I, I know we need to. I knew. I know we need more three point shooting. But um, I, I just think the way Jalen's playing at the moment, it would be good to reward him with with starting starting minutes. But I mean, it's 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 fluid, really, isn't it? And you can you can mix it up and and try different things. But we'll see. Uh, no, but long winded way of saying no. Keep it as is. <laughs> <laughs> Gary, I mean, we're not mentioning there that we've, as I've mentioned earlier, that we've got Chuma OKK making his way back. We, whilst we were over there, he was playing well. So, how does he fit into the rotations, and what would you use as a as a regular rotation, Gary? I think Chuma's going to really maybe have to work his way back in. Mm. Hope that, and I don't want to see this, but hope that somebody either gets a suspension or an injury to buy the minutes in for him now. And Tuma, like, let's when we blew it all up, Tuma went through a real like period where he looked like, you know, we've got a 15 points per game guy here. That's what it looked like. And that there is a lot of potential there. But I think his injuries come at the worst time for him. And I also think, and it's somebody we haven't mentioned tonight. I know Mikey's a fan, but Caleb Houston's really looking like yeah, starting the round. And you know, if you're Tuma, that's the guy who's maybe getting your minutes now. That's the guy you're going to have to get ahead of because we have seen when Tuma can shoot. It's not consistent, but we've seen he, he has been able to do it in the past. But Houston's in there where he can do the three and D with very good shooting form. Um, and I just think that for this season, at least, it's similar to what Mikey said. You cannot really mess with what's there on the court in terms of, I don't think Jonathan Isaac's going to get a starting spot unless something happens to somebody. Um Going from there, who knows? But it's going to be about how the minutes are allocated. You know, it's okay we've got our starters, but it's going to be where, how are our minutes allocated and who's closing the games out? Because I think we've got options where it doesn't always have to be the five who started or the five who close. You know, if you get certain nights where, you know, Markel's doing what he can do, where well, you're going to put him in to handle the rock at the end, aren't you? Without any shadow of a doubt. But if it's a night where we get Jalen Suggs where he's he's hitting his shots and he's being a pest on defence, you're putting Suggs in. But if you get the nights where we need scoring, especially if Bancaro and Wagner have been you know, focused on, you're going to put Cole in. <laughs> you know, like, so we, we have these options that we haven't had in a long time because we're yeah. healthy. So it's going to be interesting to see where it goes. But for this season, I would assume if everyone stays fit, Isaac's going to be a player off the bench for us. I think Houston's going to get minutes. And I think it's going to be people like Tuma, who RJ, etc., who are going to struggle to crack the rotation. Especially yeah. if we're making a playoff or play and run. Yeah. How about you, Paul? I I have to agree. I have to agree. I think that that starting five that we've seen last night plays really well together. I'm quite happy to see it adapted potentially on who the opposition is as to whether Gary Harris comes in and Jalen drops back to the bench 
But either way, I think all four guards are really blending well together. It's it's superb to see. And there's times we've seen all three of uh, We're seeing Cole, Markel and Jalen or Cole, Markel and Gary Harris out on the floor together. And there's a good understanding really developing. I, I, I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm quite surprised to see everybody gelling quite so well and adapting to the different roles that they're being asked um, to play. Cole is quite open. He wants to be a starter, but he is blistering as a sixth man. He's really helping us. I know there's still an inconsistency at times with him, but he's doing a damn good job. Um, and I hope that he can accept that he can be a huge player for the team. Because like, like you've just said, Gary, we have this starters thing. Everybody talks about starters. But coming off the bench is hugely important. And the finishers, you can be a finisher, even if you're not a starter. Mm-hmm. And Cole, in certain games, is going to be that man. So, yeah, I hope, I'm, I'm, I'm really impressed. I would stick with the five that we had out last night, or let's say swap round Jalen and Gary Harris, dependent on um, the opposition that we're facing. So, yeah. Yeah. I don't. I don't know what the. I don't know what the up to date record is, but was it eleven and three or something like that? There was there was a status or was was Cole coming off the bench when he scores like thirteen or more? The Magic are like eleven and three. I don't know what the update mm. was. I think that was a couple. Of no, I've not ago. seen. I've not seen it. But yeah, you're right. It was featured in one of the broadcasts the other day, wasn't it? Can I just That's add how? one more point on Ji as well, Paul? Of course you can, mate. <clears throat> um, the. the we all want to see the shackles come off and see him get more minutes because the impact that he's having in just 10 minutes a game is obvious to see. But do you know what? I'm, I'm happy if he just plays 15, 20 minutes a night up until the end of the season because it's all about next year for yep. me. So even if we don't see a huge ramp up in his minutes between now and the end of the season, I'm, I'm good with that. So, yeah, it's just great to see him back. It is. Now, Mikey... Big question for you. Have we got to get our passports ready for April? You know, no, I don't know. That, you know, you keep we keep hearing, and it's highlighted by Bally Sports Florida commentary team that over the past month we've been one of the form teams in the NBA. We've got a big week in terms of making up ground with the teams that we've got coming in, or that we're going to play, that we're travelling out to play. So, what's your thoughts, mate? Are we making it? Or are we falling just short? Well, well, that that reaction wasn't necessarily because we won't make it. It was, can we afford to make it ourselves? <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, no. well, Mrs. Bacon will tell you no, we can't. Well, Mr. She, Bacon will we'll have a different opinion. <laughs> yes. Mr. Um, Bacon will say Mrs. Bacon doesn't need to come if she doesn't want to. <laughs> <laughs> there, Please there, don't let her watch this now. <laughs> there, there's a there's a real chance. I mean, shout, shout out to Nabil, the the Lando on Twitter. He posted yesterday before before last night's game that he thinks the Magic will need to win a minimum of thirty eight games to make the play in, which I think we all probably agree with there or thereabouts. Um, and that would require the Magic going sixteen and eleven the rest of the way. And after last night's win, we only need fifteen more to be in and around that mix. But as I posted this morning, since that nine-game losing streak back in December, the Magic had gone 18 and 13. So if we're going off of current form uh, and the way we're competing against some of these really good teams like the Nuggets and, and the Celtics that we've beat recently, 
there's absolutely no reason to think that we can't make it. Um, the, the problem I think we might run into is we're also relying on one of one or two of Chicago, Toronto, Washington or Indiana dropping a few games themselves and, and dropping back. Um, and we lost, well, obviously G was there for the Bulls loss. I think that was a, a tough loss. I think and, that and, hurt. Yeah, and, and the Wizards and the as well. Knicks. The loss well, of the well, this week. Uh, I, I agree, but I think those games against those teams are, are going to make the difference of who gets in and who doesn't because it has a bigger impact on the standings, doesn't it? Than, do you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's like a six-pointer in football almost. Um, and those are a couple of games I don't think we could we could afford to have dropped. Um, we've still got the Bulls and the Raptors on the road this week. We've got the Pacers at home this month. We've got the Wizards at home in March. And then we play them on the road again in April. So there's five games there that could make or break whether we get into the play-in or not. So for me, I think we have to win three or four of those games to be in the mix, as well as getting then around that 38-game win mark. So who knows? We'll see. Even if we don't make it, I think we can all agree it's been a, a big success of a season. We'll easily break last year's win total. We're playing meaningful games right up to the end of the season the defensive side of the ball's beginning to pick up now as well. So look, even if we don't make the play-in tournament, we're still going to potentially have good odds in the draft lottery as well. So yeah. we're kind of in a good position whether we get in or not. So And let's not forget, we've still got Chicago dropping to us potentially, as long as it's not top four. Well, they lost last night. So if they can drop a few more, that'd be nice. <laughs> so yeah. the week ahead. Go on, gee, sorry. Oh, I was going to say, they're not, they're not a happy camp in Chicago at the moment. Um, they're, they're not happy they didn't make any trades. They're not playing very well. Um, and I just wanted to add to your looking at the schedule ahead, the tough games that we do have. We've got Milwaukee twice. We're at Memphis one time. We've got a back-to-back at home against Cleveland. And we've got a road trip that includes a stop-off in Phoenix and then the Clippers and the Lakers on a on a four-game uh, trip, including San Antonio also. So there's about seven difficult games there. So, yeah, but what, like, what Mikey just said, we need to be 37-38 and just um, hope results go our way. Gee, yeah. just said there about the, the Bulls. Are you trying to say that they're not dancing and they're not having fun? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> they're, they're not dancing. They're not having fun, mate. Quite a mindful enough. Gary, I love how you're able to work that in most weeks, mate. Uh, I'm, just, I'm just that guy, Paul. Like you've said many times, if, you, if that's your last tweet ever, if you, if you are going to be banned from social media, that's going to be your last tweet ever. Again, that in there somewhere. I can't, I can't wait to be banned from social media. It's going to be... <laughs> Can't wait. Shadow ban off Mr. Tesla. I can't wait. <laughs> now, this week ahead, we have um, three games before we re- before uh, the All-Star break. And uh, at some point, we'll be looking at picking up a date to record again. So on Saturday night, we uh, close out the homestand with uh, the visit of the Miami Heat. Then we travel for a back-to-back with Chicago and Toronto, which is, say, takes us up to the All-Star break. I think, interestingly, on these three games that we have, um, we've got Miami in six, Chicago in nine, Toronto in ten. But each of those three teams 
are on a similar run of form to us over the last 10 games. So, you know, each team is re- playing some reasonable basketball. As you say, gee, Chicago aren't necessarily happy um, with the situation. Each of the teams have some injury issues. Uh, Miami have quite a few guys out, including Flopper Lowry. Um, Lonzo Ball is out for the Bulls. OG Anobi is uh, also out for Toronto. Um, I'm guessing that we may see Pirtle make his um, debut or be in his early stages of his Toronto career. So, guys, I'm going to ask you your thoughts on a potentially challenging but very interesting week ahead. Um, Gary, what's your thoughts, mate? Yeah, we'll go 3 and all. Why not? Nice. Why not? Nice. Why not? We'll go 3 and all. You know, what's what is there to fear? They should fear us, really. Hey, Miami come into it into the Amway. I don't think they're in for an easy game. And there's, let's be honest, Wendell loves going back to uh, Chicago. He loves playing there. But we can hurt those teams. It's not like we're saying, oh, well, we've got to play like Milwaukee and then we've got to go and play Phoenix. <laughs> you know, it, it, we can beat those teams. So if we're not looking at that record in the Magic Camp and saying we're going 3-0 and this week, you've got to ask why. So, Mikey, what's your thoughts? Um, I, I think we, we, we certainly need to win at least two of these three before the All-Star break. Um, I mean, go back to the Miami game that we lost a few weeks back. Was that, was that the game where, we were, where the three-point shooting was horrendous and we lost we were up close. ten at a half. My, Miami was the one where, half. yeah, yeah, where we oh. we we faded in the fourth. Jimmy Butler used his experience to uh, win it. Yeah, should we put it that way? <laughs> That's a nice way of putting it. Well, that it was, fell down very well. I think that was one of the five. So, out of the thirteen games that we've lost in this stretch since the nine-game losing streak, five of those games we've lost by five or fewer points, and that was one of them. Um, Certainly one of those games we wish we had back because you make a couple more threes and it's a very different game. Um, yeah, Chicago and Toronto, I mean, like I've already alluded to, I think you have to win those two games. They're, they're going to make a big difference in the standings for me, beating those teams in and around us. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to go two and one. I'm going to say we lose to Miami because they're just a bit of a bogey side for us, aren't they? We don't do very well against them, but... Let's say we beat Chicago on the road in Toronto. Difficult back to back, though, that is. Difficult back yeah. to back. Yeah. Oh, no, just do it. Gary's gone 3 0. Well, you know, Jonathan Isaac's going to be missing one of those nights. Doesn't I can't happen. see him doing the back to back. Take the shackles G? off a of bowl bowl. No. <laughs> yeah. Um, the bowler coaster, the guy to be saying. <laughs> I'll also go two and one, um, but I think we'll beat Miami. Um, I I thought we toyed with them uh, in the last game. Just obviously, it came undone in the third, fourth quarter. Um, they're missing a lot of people. Uh, Oladipo, Robinson, Jovic, as you've mentioned, Lowry. Um, so they're a little bit thin. Um, I, I know that their fans aren't happy either because apparently um, rumour on Twitter was that... Uh, uh, what's his face? Um, Pat Riley, Riley was sleeping all day yesterday and not making any trades. So, um, no, I, I think we'll beat Miami. The problem is the Chicago-Toronto game, the schedule makers haven't been kind to us because it's like a Monday-Tuesday back-to-back, isn't it? So, 
I could see us beating Chicago and possibly losing to Toronto, something to that effect. Obviously, if J.I. doesn't play the second game, um, or if, they, I don't know, they may push him because he's got a week off after it. You never know, do you? Um, but I don't see how like, pushing him. No. Yeah, but but like Gary said... Just though, don't see it. There's, there's, there's nothing to fear for any of those teams. They're, they're in and around where we are. We're playing much better basketball. We can and should beat them. Um, so we just fingers crossed that we do. But just to play it safe, I go two and one. Gee, was that the rumor that Pat Riley was asleep? Yeah. That's yeah. It was like Wadger window or something peering in. Like how would you? Know that? <laughs> wasn't the I have rumor no idea. Some, wasn't the rumor something about they had a, a trade lined up for Lowry to acquire somebody else, and some of the front office couldn't get hold of Pat Riley to approve the trade because he was having a nap or something like that. That was that was <laughs> it was something like that. G wasn't it? it was I mean, who'd, like who'd have thought that any trade anything involving Kyle Lowry involves falling through? <laughs> <laughs> It was for a bag of chips, Paul. Hey, I can't stand that man. Really can't. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to see him stuck. Not him. Uh, <laughs> mate, I'm, I want to say 3-0. I really want to say 3-0. But I know for well if I make that sort of prediction, we aren't doing it. So I'm tempted to go 1-2 and two just because... You I want to be wrong. Different. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm going 1-2. <laughs> and two. I think... I, I do think the Toronto game is a sticky game. I genuinely think that. I'm quite happy that we. I, I think we can go to Chicago and win. And you've said Miami, uh, Mikey, a, a bogey, a bit of a bogey team at times. I do think we can beat all three. Um, but I don't like j- dr- jinxing things for us. So I'm going one and two. I don't believe it though. <laughs> 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 you know Paul, you're saying how much you like Kyle Lowry. I think you're just giving Nick Nurse a really easy ride. Really, I don't like him either. Let's be fair. Hey, Paul, where's your, where's your poster? It's not in your room. Which one? Oh, the flop of Lowry, mate. That could fill that gap at the side of me. Yeah, it did. Yeah, yeah, yeah do it. Do that it. That could yes. fill that gap. <laughs> I That's can't see what he's making. All right, look. I've managed. We've, as you notice, there's a, I'm in a different room to to normal. We've uh, our daughter's moved out. So this is her old room. Um, so my magic stuff and uh, various other bits have been moved into the here into the uh, into the guest room as it's now being known. And I've got a space that I need to fill with something magic. And I was hoping that you know I I could find something that I'd got knocking about. Now I've got nothing that can go there, unfortunately. So uh, it might have to be that poster from the uh, from the trip to the playoffs that I found the other day. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> but guys, this has been fantastic getting back to it. Um, so to everybody out there, thank you for listening, watching. Uh, we do appreciate it. Please hit the subscribe button on our YouTube channel, Orlando Magic UK. It really does help us. If you fancy some weekend shopping, click onto the NBA store, Europe or Fanatics from our links. Don't forget to use the affiliate code Magic UK ten for ten percent off your entire order. Certain exclusions may apply. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all at Orlando Magic UK. And so, until next time, from Gary, Mikey, Garan, and myself, go Magic.